Hello and welcome to the B2B podcast, the best place to collect killer ideas for big business. And today we have got a beast in the building. He is a business focused finance expert and the founder of Systemized Wealth, a firm that helps owners, employees, and contractors maximize every dollar, dollar of their income all together with strategic money systems. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Nathan. I love it. I love it, man. Now I, I need like a soundboard or something to make myself look good. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your time, your talent, your expertise uh, with us here today. Where are you tuning in from? And what are you most grateful for right now? So I'm tuning in uh, from Salt Lake City. That's where I'm based out of. Uh, and man, I am so grateful for my family just to be super cheesy up front. You know, my, my, I've got two kids uh, and one of my, my little kid baby is starting to learn how to walk. So he, he loves to, and he's, and he's learning words. And so I asked him if he wanted data kisses today and he said, yes, which was great. That was really great. So I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty high today, you know, from that. There we go. Pro progress. Yes. Um, in yes. all counts. Uh, that's amazing. Amazing to hear. Well, super grateful to share and tap into your story, your expertise, your approach, because you really bring a fresh financial perspective um, to, to modern business. I think a lot of people have this old school, like kind of just straight up like 401k mentality of like, Stop spending $5 a day on Starbucks and make sure you do your matched 401k. And like, yes, that's great. Like there's always do all of those things. Um, but you've really had a unique approach in how to systemize and strategically approach not only your own income, but the other parties that are involved in that whole adventure. Um, so I'd love to hear from your end and your story. How did this start? What is your origin story? How did you get pulled towards finance? And then what ended up leading you towards this, what I would consider alternative um, lane of, of money management and financial strategy? You know, it's interesting. I actually am not a numbers guy at all. Like I took accounting, I took those finance classes in, in college and I hated them. I, I did not like them. And, and it's because, uh, I just, I'm just not that type of a numbers guy. And I got into finance actually kind of accidentally, uh, because my wife at one point, she was wanting to think about going into, into personal finance and she got connected to the industry through that or through her degree. And she started talking more in depth of kind of what it looked like to be in the industry versus what I had seen in the classroom from kind of that analytical standpoint. I thought, well, I prefer more of that relationship focus and I prefer working with people, but I can't do numbers. And she's like, well, actually most advisors don't even do anything with numbers. I'm like, really? She's like, yeah, they, they, they have all sorts of like systems and they have all sorts of like software that's mainly just like, it's just working with people. I'm like, okay, that sounds a little bit better. And so I, I was able to... I kind of, I came into this part-time, like I, I, I wanted to test it out, which is very unique because a lot of people, 
you hear, oh, they've got this huge finance degree. They've gone to college for this. They got a master's and a PhD in it. I don't have any of that. I thought, you know what? I'm just going to find a place that I can work part-time uh, on the side, my own schedule, and kind of learn from a grassroots standpoint how to do this. Get my Got my licenses uh, the good old-fashioned way through study and, and just learning it myself. And that's kind of how I started. And, and it's funny because I don't have, I would say, the prerequisites or the credibility some people have. Like, oh, I don't have all these degrees and these acronyms by my name, even though I might have those eventually. I don't have those things. And I've just kind of learned from my own experiences and applying my own principles of finance uh, to my own thing. So every, every time I talk with someone about finance, it's coming not from like a industry educational standpoint of like what like what you were saying, like, hey, match your 401k. Hey, do these things. Sacrifice that $5 coffee. It's, it's stuff that I have figured out myself and learned working with people one-on-one, knee-to-knee throughout my experience. And so I guess you could say maybe that's why it's so untraditional because it's, it is untraditional way of learning how finance has worked. I think, yeah, you've really landed on, um, it's something that we see often in just founding, not even just in financial management, um, but founding a business or new creative idea. Uh, in most cases, it comes from non-traditional folks, um, are really, uh, uh, stuff that you just can't learn on a degree or having a, a PhD in finance. Um, there's definitely some high level stuff where it's, uh, it comes into play. But when it comes to agile, uh, strategies where the world is shifting so much faster than degrees are able to educate people, having people like your position or the others that are in the trenches doing this, not only for themselves, but for other people and their uh, and their companies, their businesses, they see the problems, they understand the challenges. And I love that you've highlighted what most people would probably hide in like the back corner of like, oh, no, I'm not one of like the Wall Street financial masters and MBA and this and that. Um, and because of that you is actually your advantage, your asset that you, you bring to the tables, a fresh perspective. Um, cause I have worked with plenty of those guys that have their degrees and work for insert giant corporate name here. Uh, <laughs> oh man, uh, everybody has, they know exactly who they were thinking of in, in that moment. Um, and I was grateful in experiencing and discovering alternative options in that story. right um so been amazing to see uh at least the the early stages of success and a healthier financial strategy in my own world but i'm very curious now in your adventure since jumping into finance and money management what is the most exciting win you have seen um, either in your own world or or people you've been working with or your partners. Um, I know you guys really have your hands on some awesome things in like really unique and creative ways. What projects or results are you most excited about or most proud of? Well, I'm really excited actually for a project I've been working on for the last three years. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a bit. We started in 2020. Um, it's it's a well, I'm in partnership with a couple other big financial 
heads. I mean, they're they're like way up here and I'm like down here when it comes to their expertise. Uh, but I've been involved with this project of trying to bring as much resources and education to the masses as possible and do it in a way where uh, it's accessible to everyone, right? And not just like financial advisory stuff, but from every aspect of business planning, right? From accounting to credit to funding to business build, like just all these things that maybe a business owner doesn't really have someone to tell how to do it, right? I mean, there's a, there's a lot of courses, there's a lot of things out there for knowledge of like, hey, here's how to build a business and here's how to earn income, but no one's telling you, how do you protect that business? And how do you make it a core? Like, how do you incorporate it correctly? Where do you do that? Or how do you protect it in a way where it's like, hey, if your name's not on that line, if something goes wrong or, you know, these all these kind of like, I would I would call them like the muscles of a business that makes the the whole thing move because you can build a good business and become very successful just off the bare bones of a business, right? We've learned that people do that all the time. But when you start putting in all these other pieces of like, well, let's get our business planning correct. Let's get our succession plans. Let's get all these other resources, man, it, it, it really brings to life that business. And in and, and many ways, it actually just grows it so much faster because you don't have anything to worry about. So I'm really excited about that because we're launching with a bunch of clients. We're launching with a couple of businesses actually uh, like in the next couple of weeks, uh, bringing them onto our platform. And so that hopefully will continue growing. And that's that's been three years in the works now. Amazing. No, amazing. I love uh, having... So what I'm seeing is basically what you've been doing more hands-on um, for folks directly when you're working with them, um, bringing out the scalability now of it, of how can we educate others to at least not necessarily do the same financial advisor, like education course, but think about it strategically right. in building those systems. That's what I've really picked up and enjoyed about your approach is it does think of it as a system. It's not just a transaction um, like a lot of people think um, it is. So this systemized approach is exciting, refreshing, uh, enjoyable to see. Uh, how is that translating into the... I guess, what? how is that split from who you serve? Basically, who do you do it hands-on for? And then who is this type of education um, more so going to be for? Well, so the, so for me, I I really want to be able to help everyone, right? That's that's kind of my nature is I, I'm very supportive. In fact, sometimes I'm too supportive of people. So I'm like, I've got to learn when to stop and step back from others. Uh, but the ideal situation is, is the education platform would be for people who are probably not ready to work with me one-on-one, -on -one, right? They've got a lot of groundwork to do. They've got some foundations to do. They got some things in their mind to change because I've recognized as I've been doing this over the last, you know, seven, eight years, timing is everything with finance and timing is everything with, with people situations, right? Just because we're talking at this point does not mean you're ready for an advisor. In fact, I'd say probably about a good majority of people I talk with are probably not ready to work with me because there's a lot of foundation that has to be. So I would always recommend that if you've never worked with an advisor or you've never worked with someone who's in the professional financial world, 
uh, this is, uh, you'd probably go that education route. You'd probably go that first route of understanding, hey, here's all the things I need to know. Here's all the things I should understand, get myself organized. And then once you've got those things, then you're going to feel much more confident working with someone like me because you're going to be much more, like I, like I can't tell you how many times, Travis, most of my time is dealt with organizing people's finances, just getting them into a position before we can even do anything. And, and that's, and that's the biggest, like, like if, if people were organized, had everything they needed in place and ready to go, we could have most of their finances figured out in about 30 minutes. That's, <laughs> it does not take a lot of time to do the right things with people's money. Once it makes sense, it's, it's the getting yourself to that point. That is the tough part. And I think a lot of, uh, a lot of advisors specifically in the finance world don't really understand that part that there's not just like a lot of advisors are transactional right like to what you were saying you work with them it's a handshake and you're kind of done there's no systems that are built there's no mentalities change there's no you know it's kind of like a one and one-off deal with that person maybe you talk with them once a year for me it's like no i've recognized that people need a lot more setup more foundational things to really take advantage of heck even just like doing a 401k right or if you have an IRA you know there's there's foundational things that should be done before even doing that type of stuff so that's that's kind of where that line would be if of like hey get yourself figured out first and then work with me and by the way here's how you can do it here's a resource for you to get yourself completely ready to go and and set up for for success, whether you're building your own business or you're solopreneur, or if you're just an employee, right? It doesn't matter. Here's because the, because the, the concepts are the same across all the spectrum. Finance is, is, is uniquely the same across all of those areas. Yeah. And it makes sense in a, yeah, foundational, foundational context. Um, and then the good part about this and the kind of the education and the, I guess, theory essentially you're, you're putting out there is building that education and foundation. Now you can thrive economically or financially, whether you are on the founder side, the employer side, or the contractor side, you can understand all the different pieces of that equation, which is one thing that took me a long while to <laughs> finally kind of recognize like when you are fed the the good old nine to five um is just stuffed down your throat um <laughs> when you're going through high school college right it's all you really ever are, are used to or even know is like okay yeah and then save a little tiny sliver so i've loved being able to have just a completely holistic up like view feeling feel like i can see the whole the whole playing field now as a business owner what are the benefits of contractors versus employees and this and how all that can come together. So I'm very curious in your journey, what is the like craziest or wildest financial setup? You're mentioning financial organization, um, but you guys also do the opposite of some financial strategy integrations. Um, and we can get as nerdy and dirty as you want um, with this. Uh, but what do you, what is the most innovative or creative, like forward thinking, forward facing strategy or system you've seen? Um, 
either from somebody else or people you have been like working with directly or your partners. Um, I'm curious, what is, how wild can we get out there? <laughs> well, I mean, there's, yeah. there's some really crazy things people can do. Um, a, a person who comes to mind, a client that I served actually re, uh, probably the last year or so was, was kind of in this situation to give you some background. He's a, he's a military vet. Um, he will be actually, he's not a vet. He's going to be retiring from the military in two years. And he actually, um, did not save a single dime from his entire career into any type of investment. He put it all into a bank account because his dad had been so burned by the stock market. Uh, like he, like his dad had lost hundreds of thousands of dollars. And, and so this, this military man was so afraid to go out into the stock market, but he knew it was important. And so it was like, all right, what do I do? How do I figure this out? And, and it was interesting because the way that the fight, his finances worked, we could not do it a traditional way. We could not say, Hey, we're going to roll it over into a Roth. We can roll it over into it because we couldn't do that with the way like a little, little bit of insight. You can't roll over large sums of money into those types of accounts if they're not coming from your income. If they're coming straight from like a bank account, which is where his money was, yep. you can't you you start running into limits that they have around those types of accounts. And so because of that, and he was sitting on like three and a half, three hundred fifty thousand dollars in this bank account. And he's like, I know I'm losing money from just inflation, from all these things. What do I do? And so that's kind of the situation of like, he's afraid to get in the market. He's He knows he needs to be, but we can't do a traditional approach. How do we do this? And he, and he knows that he's going to continue working after he leaves his military service. So he's like, I don't need this money. So I'd love to have it just kind of sit in a place that I know it's not going to lose. It's going to grow very well for me and just continue doing the right approach for him. And, and so he and I spoke for, for many weeks and he's very analytical. He's very, he's an engineer. Uh, so he's, he's all, he's the numbers guy. I am not the numbers guy. So he was like reading every single fine print thing I was sending him and talking about. And, and he was like, what does this mean over here in section 26 B four? I'm like, I've never even knew there was a section like that. And, and it was interesting because we had to work through all of this mental bag baggage that he had, right? This emotional baggage of, of his father losing money, him wanting to do the right thing for his family. Um, cause money's very emotional, right? Money's just, it's one of those very emotional things. Um, and so he had to work through all this baggage and, and had to come up with a really solid plan to help him feel good about moving in any type of direction. And the, the strategy we found for him was what ended up being perfect for him because he was able to lump some, a lot of that money into it that he wanted to, and it's going to be growing for him at a, at a, at a pretty consistent rate that he loves and he doesn't have to touch it. I think, in fact, it's like if, if he stayed in that account and this is just based off hypothetical things for the future, if he stayed in that account, it would be probably worth around 2.9, 3 mil by the time he's 65. And, you know, that's without adding anything else to it. And, and you know, that was the cool part when he finally, when it finally clicked in his mind that we had figured it out, that we had a place for his money to grow, that he was able to feel good about. 
and it was going to protect him and his family for the rest of his life. Uh, I mean, the relief I could hear in his voice was, I mean, that that's why I do what I do. <laughs> that's why I do what I do. I mean, the guy was probably near to tears many times of just like finally having this burden released of like, how do I figure this out? And that's, that's probably my most exciting, fun things I love seeing with, when setting up these systems and doing these things for people. It's like, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, there's a lot of things we have to do to work through. But once we're done, once it's set up, it it's life. Life is so much better after that. Oh, it's, it's great. Love it. Love hearing moments like that, um, especially when it sounds and feels like, yeah, challenge, uh, a problem, difficulty at the, at the, on the front end. Um, but once you unpack it, there's a massive, massive opportunity just sitting there. Uh, so mm-hmm. I think so many of us, we have these things, these ideas, and then it just gets shut down because you're like, oh God, I don't even know how to deal with that. It's going to be stressful. We're going to get sold by some guy. Like, and you right. just shut it down. But imagine the difference between him not pushing through and finding that support and that 300k just dwindles down to like you might be able to buy a candy bar like when he's 65 what 300k who knows we have bigger problems if that's the case Um, we'll see we'll see where things are at um but brilliant brilliant story to hear and share thank you so much uh let's tap into what exactly you're doing your secret sauce that's what we want to try and steal here for this second half um i'm curious in especially when you mentioned financial organization in developing our financial habits and infrastructure, what habit or task would you consider non-negotiable? Or like, this is something no matter what level of income you're at or business owner, contractor, employer, you should be doing this. What? What is one of the most powerful or effective things we can focus on in that well, lane? It's actually a lot simpler than you think it is. And you're going to probably roll your eyes at this because it's it's harped on it. I've harped on it a lot in my content, uh, but it's a, every single time I sit down with people, I ask them this very first question, what are you working on? What are your goals? And most people cannot give me an answer. Most people cannot give me a straightforward answer. You know, like, like I'll, I'll tell you what, everyone wants to get into real estate. Everyone wants to travel. Everyone wants to retire. Cool. You know what? Those aren't goals. Those are not things that are, I mean, you literally can have, you, 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 you could say that to anyone and they'd agree with you that those are their goals. Those are their goals. And so I'd say, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Tra- Travis, you want to do those things? Yeah, of course you do. Right. And so that's, it's so simple and yet it's so hard to say, you need to figure out what your goals are because let's, let, let's, let's take a, let's take an example of a recent client I'm working with as a coach um, to help her with understanding these things. I asked her, I said, listen, you've got a lot of opportunity where you're at because that was what she was telling me she was rattling on about she wasn't sure about doing real estate she wasn't sure about where to move she had her kids she had all i mean there was just like this this she was having this analysis paralysis around opportunity which i think a lot of people feel that way they feel like hey there's so much opportunity what is the good thing for me 
right? And that's what that's where a lot of people come to me and say, Nate, tell me what's the good thing to for me. And and I always tell them, well, what are your goals? Because depending on your goals, depending on what you have set, you could have the best opportunity out there and it'd be the worst thing for you because it's just not in line with what you're trying to do, right? It's not in line with what your inner inner goals are. And so that's kind of my secret sauce from the very beginning is we really hone down on what are three goals, three very specific goals that you are going to achieve, right? And we're going to write them down and we're going to build your system around those three goals. And we're going to build it so it does it uh, flawlessly, does it automatically, does it does it so seamlessly? Because you know, if if your goal is to say retire by forty five years old, well, that eliminates a lot of things out there that are good opportunities, right? There are a lot of things out there that are now eliminated because your goal is you want to do by forty five, right? So you couldn't use a Roth, you couldn't use a four hundred one k to to retire by forty five comfortably. So we had to look at like real estate. We may have to look at other types of vehicles that utilize different types of tax codes, right? We've got to start looking at other things. And so that's a big problem people have is, is they just, they're so focused on the opportunity out there because the opportunity is out there, but they're not focused on what they want to do with that. And so it, it I mean, it's, it's really kind of a really interesting. And when I talked to this client about it, she was just immediately like, you know what, Nate, you're right. You know, I've got all of this opportunity for me, but that's step two. Step one is I've got to figure out what's even important to me. I've got to figure out what I've got to be even desiring, right? Yeah. And then we started talking about that. I started I started saying, well, it sounds like you're really passionate about this. Sounds like you're really desiring this, right? She was so passionate about having a place where she could have uh, guests, right? She wanted to be able to be an Airbnb host and have places for them to go. And she wanted her children to have access to good schooling. And she wanted to have a good econ, you know, good commerce area, tur- touristy area. I said, well, sounds like you're very passionate about that. That sounds more like a goal than anything else. And if we decided to focus on that goal, this eliminates all this other stuff that you talked about right then. So powerful. No, it's uh, the good old North Star <laughs> strategy. Um, we see it in business, marketing, sales uh, all the time. If you don't have that vividly clear goal established from the start, it's going to be one of those things. Uh, it's noticeable. Um, it is. It is people, so noticeable. Um, for sure. So I think, um, yeah, that really does bring to light uh, a unique angle of a lot of people would think like, oh, make sure you have your... Um, how much you spend on rent versus groceries diversified to a, this ratio, blah, blah, blah. Um, so it's been a, a, a unique, um, yeah, super unique thing. And in your approach and your process, your strategy, I know you speak a lot about automations and technology and apps and all of that. So what would you consider a must have? in our financial tech stack today as as whether we're on the business side, personal side, um, what is just a very util, useful or vital tool that you can recommend we have in our stack? So there's actually something I, as of recently, 
Um, this is without developing my own app, which eventually I'd like to have, right? That's I'd eventually like to have all that. But there is, an, there is a technology that I use actually for a lot of things. It's great for business. It's great for personal finance. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a thing called Wave. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, Wave. So Wave is, is in, in nature an invoicing service, a software. And so I use that for when I'm invoicing clients, for working with them or doing things. But then as I've delved more into it, you can actually connect your bank account and and look at transactions and actually organize the transactions based on what you want to do on the on wave and then you can start actually seeing where is my money going and how where's my my increases my decreases and you can separate them by business and separate them by personal and so it's at, it's kind of like a little bit like mints right mints has a lot of the good stuff where it's like hey you can track your transactions i didn't like it because it just it was a little too complicated, and I couldn't track business and my personal side of things. Wave I've learned has become more and more of a good tech stack tool, um, and it's free, so you can use it. And you can use it get paid as well. So I mean, like for me, I use it for invoicing, accounting, use it for my own stuff, and I'm just looking more into more into it. And it's it's been super nice for me to be able to kind of like have it all right there in one spot and easily checkable everywhere oh nice that does sound brilliant we'll have that uh hooked up appreciate the recommendation from the inside uh, so we're gonna move on to the world's fastest game show ever here we're gonna play three rounds of this or that are you ready i was born ready let's do this all right round one -na -na -na. okay send a souvenir or a postcard or grab a souvenir or send a postcard. Souvenir. Perfect. Family man. <laughs> yeah, I know Ooh. it. Wine or beer? <laughs> I don't drink either. So neither. neither. <laughs> Door number C has been utilized. <laughs> uh, still counts. Yeah, uh, yeah. Last one. Would you rather see a comedian in a serious film? or a serious actor in a comedy film i think the serious actor in the, com the comedy film yeah i think i'm with that yeah. i like i'm thinking a few of those that would be epic i'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking like a, of like uh liam nielsen and and uh what what ted and ted right is that what it is oh my god oh man there's the taken bit with the at the register oh absolutely amazing well you made it through all three rounds with a little bit of a bonus in there <laughs> as well. Um, your prize. Why don't you go ahead and share your pitch, your plug? Where can people find you and who exactly do you help? How can they go ahead and get started on this journey of building systemized wealth? So you can find me uh, on LinkedIn. I'm slightly addicted to it. So you know, I, you can find me on LinkedIn. All the links to work with me are on there. You can find my coaching services. So coaching right now is kind of that initial of educating. I'm doing that one-on-one. -on -one. Advisory services, you can do that. I'm also building on Twitter as well. I'm figuring that that whole game out as well. Um, people can do that as well. And, you know, most of the time I'm finding that people who really benefit from my services are those six-figure earning millennials. Those yep. people, not necessarily because I only work with them, but as those people who are what you're saying, 
they don't want just that 401k match. They don't want just to have, you know, maybe the Roth. They don't want, they, they're looking at that untraditional side of like, what's behind those things that I can do. And those are, those are where I shine when I'm going in with those people and saying, let's look at all the other options that are available to you on top of what you already know. Yes. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Absolutely. We'll uh, double down on that recommendation. Uh, Nathan is a great, great follow and connection on LinkedIn. Um, and also just somebody amazing to have on your court, uh, <laughs> especially financially. Uh, so highly, highly recommend anybody here. Um, in that journey, I have been following and watching you, uh, throughout your, your journey and that LinkedIn adventure, um, you previously mentioned and just have to give a quick note of appreciation. Um, cause I know that is not an easy task. Um, but I can feel and see the impact you're making and helping others really get that clarity and help get things together. So thank you. Thank you for your service, your time and everything you've been bringing to the community. It is deeply appreciated, man. I, I, I thank you. And it's been, it's been an adventure and I'm looking forward to the next five years. <laughs> That's yeah. what I keep telling myself. Uh, likewise. Yeah. Who knows what's even, uh, on the menu beyond that. Um, but let's go ahead and wrap this one with our final, final question. The rest of the show was kind of nerdy getting into the systems, the strategy, but for this last question, there's one specific listener. They might just be starting out on this journey or they're just stuck trying to take it to the next level. What final words of advice or motivation can you share to send them into beast mode? Well, first off, you're not alone. I want you to understand that you have a lot of more resources and support than you realize. Uh, I've, I have been, I felt quite alone before when it comes to my own journey and know that there are people who are going to help you. And it's these, it's during these tougher times, you ought to be getting engaged with more people at these points. They will support you and help you more than you believe that they then will happen. And uh, especially in the finance world, don't feel overwhelmed by it. You've got people like me who are there to support and have your best interest in mind. Uh, yeah, don't don't feel alone. You're not alone. Love it, love it, love it. Boom, there it is. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the B2B podcast. This has been Nathan Vaughn. You're a beast.